13 of Real Talk, and my name is Dean. With me today, I have a very special guest. I have Mr. Shar Dayakshit, who is the CEO of uh, Billflow. We're actually wearing some of your merch. This is uh, service lines, but it was before Billflow, right? That's great. So what is Billflow, and how are you like helping your uh, consumers you know, with their problems? It is a billing system for software companies and digital services. So any kind of company that's selling subscription services, it helps them to put their billing system in place faster. Okay, so ultimately it helps like a, an end user or like a business be able to you know directly impact or work with their subscriber end user, and that's mostly for like subscription based type of businesses, yeah. right? Yeah, because subscription businesses have a lot of uh, manual work that you have to manage, like send your invoices to the customers, you know, um, let them update their cards, let them change their plans, and so on. So it takes out that manual processes and automating type thing. Cool. And like, what kind of um, industries do you see? Like, most of the businesses you work with are they mostly yeah. like tech companies, or do you see something like you know typical type of businesses more in print or? Yeah, it's really niche actually. It's mm -hmm. it is B two B. What we call the B two B software as a service companies are our best customers. Okay, those are uh, software companies who are selling to other businesses who are typically have a very complex pricing model. So it's not like a regular like you know hundred bucks a month. It's it's like hundred bucks plus a usage plus per user. And a lot of these complexities together ends up being very hard for them to manage this billing system where we come in and just in, in a few minutes drag and drop it into their platform and they're done. Okay, really cool. So you're like really like making the process much easier for like the end user yeah. and from the businesses as well. That's the vision. It's like how do we make billing easier for this like niche of the market? Very cool. So I'm excited to talk more about it. But first, I do have some uh, news from the, the real estate market. So we have the 30-year uh, Freddie Mac right now. We've been looking at it since the beginning of the year. It kind of was creeping up uh, as we were, you know, getting the uh, vaccine rates up, uh, you know, some optimism. But right now, you know, things are cooling off a little bit. So right now, the Freddie Mac 30-year uh, actually dropped five basis points from last week. So right now, it's kind of hovering around 3.13%. Last week, it was about like 3.18. So slightly cooling off. Um, we're also looking at the Treasury yields right now. So we've seen some volatility. It went up during the week. Now it's come down as we've you know seen some uh, you know news about um, COVID. That's you know international news that has been impacting it kind of negatively as far as record-breaking rates and vaccine shortages in Brazil, Eastern Europe. So we're going to keep tracking that and seeing how you know the market is going to be adapting to this craziness. Um, but how has you know COVID impacted your business in 2020 and also or this year? Yeah, it actually has like an opposite effect of a lot of industries I've seen. Mm -hmm. Uh, in a way that it, it really shifted a lot of industries to be more um, digital, right. to be able to automate a lot of their work, um, go online, be able to do all of their work online. And part of that was building, making it easier to actually get their customers to pay online, get their customers to manage their subscriptions. So for us, we, we saw like a kind of a bump in around like April to June last year plateaued during the summer and then from the quarter four we saw another kind of steady growth all the way till now. Um, it seems like for our industry um, both automation and going digital is, is helping a lot. Um, automation in the way that companies cutting costs of manual labor of having to manage a lot of the billing tasks and those folks are now doing more skilled kind of work rather than doing more repetitive kind of work. So we take on like those automation, make it faster, make it easier at a much cheaper price and the manual labor. Mm -hmm. um, and then just just like kind of the whole industry going towards uh, subscription billing and usage-based pricing where the company grows with the customer um, over time of how the customer kind of, the, the more the customer grows, the company who's getting, uh, helping that customer also grows who are our customers. So it's kind of layers of um, like 
customers and companies growing together, basically. Gotcha. So I'm sure, like, also, like, just like the digital. I mean, we've seen like tech stocks with low interest rates have like flown up. A lot of people are, you know, working from home. So it seems like you know the transition from the workforce going from home and a lot of people going digitally. A lot of businesses adapting to a digital business model has actually really helped you guys. That's correct. Yeah, that's what we've seen. A lot of and a lot of businesses have started. To be mm-hmm. honest. That's true. We we have seen because um, we target within that market. We target anywhere from like pre-revenue startups to like 10 million a year. Oh. Um, so it's a very broad range. And on the pre-revenue segment, you've seen a lot of people who are like solo entrepreneurs um, who have full-time jobs. And because they started working from home in the past year, they just started their side project. They, they started kind of building whatever they, their passion was, whether it was like a kind of the software they built or like some sort of services that they, they wanted to offer their clients. And they kind of started that and that was also pushing the industry to go more digital and more subscription based and more um, kind of benefit towards where we're kind of helping the industry. That's interesting too because I know you mentioned something about making the you know transactions easier, making the billing easier, kind of cutting out that middleman, cutting out more manual labor, letting you know the, the AI or the software you guys have take care of it. One thing that we've you know really talked about, you know, as far as the macroeconomic in the last year have been unemployment rates. Uh, we know that for now the United States and also Canada the unemployment rates have been going back down again as the economy is starting to open up. The United States just last Friday went from 6.2 to 6%. Canada has also gone down. I think they're in the 7% now. But the one thing that I want to bring into that statistic is that a lot of people right now are actually, um, uh, what are they doing? They're putting themselves as self-employed. So, you know, kind of tying into what you were saying about a lot of small, you know, startups that you've noticed come out of this, you know, COVID time. I think it kind of also goes in with that trend. You know, a lot of people got laid off. They went home. Maybe they found a side hustle, side gig. The side gig, side hustle got, you know, one customer, five customers, ten. And now they're able to, you know, do that with you. So do you think that this is a trend that we're going to keep seeing for the rest of 2021 as well, where you're going to be getting a lot of smaller consumers or like smaller subscribers? And then eventually, I think your goal is to help them grow to a level that they can build more and actually get more business volume. Mm-hmm. That's what well Yeah, I, I, I do think it's going to grow. Actually, this concept of peak economy mm-hmm. came up like a few years back where like Uber, like if you wanted to make extra money, you would just kind of uh, do an Uber driving thing and make some money on the side or, or DoorDash or whatever it was. Those were called peak economy. Mm-hmm. Now, COVID has pushed this thing called passion economy where, um, you know, Founders or entrepreneurs, they they have a job that pays for the lifestyle, their their, their, their life, mm-hmm. and their passion slowly becomes um, their side project and slowly becomes a thing that actually supports their life. Mm-hmm. So until that point, they keep the job, and at the time that the passion itself, that, that project is sustainable and sustain their, their lifestyle, then they drop the full time job and kind of go full time. I think and we've seen this over and over mm-hmm. again when someone starts with zero dollars and then goes to like five, ten, twenty, thirty, forty a month. And they're they're hiring people quit their full time job. It's the exact same story of myself with Billflow because we didn't um, raise any funding. Oh wow! Yeah, we didn't raise any it's funding. Private. It's all a, what we call bootstrapped. Okay. So we funded the founders, funded the company itself. Oh. We started unconventional, meaning we started with like four or five founders, five founders um, total, and fair equities in, in the way that everyone has had a skin in the game. So even at the low time where we were down and we, we weren't making enough to sustain the business, everyone was pushing through because they knew that they, they had a significant amount of shares of the company. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that led to where we are right now, where we're actually sustainable. We have full-time employees. We're, we're you know, paying ourselves with, with the company, and we have no investors. So we don't have anyone to actually answer to in terms of like, what's the next quarter goal? Right, right, you know, right. We can decide that ourselves. And I think that is going to be the trend, because people are going to understand that raising money isn't the thing that's going to help them build the business. It's the figuring out what is the vision and who it's helping, and how to get those people and help them, provide the value to them. That's the next kind of passion, kind of um, passion Niche. economy. Yeah, yeah. Got you, got you. So let's talk about um, like kind of how real estate ties into your business. Mm. You know, like last year we had a big, especially with office space, we had you know kind of a big cycle, big you know turnaround. A lot of companies, a lot of people working from home, or not a lot of office you know use anymore. I mean, a lot of the the big real estate investment trusts they've seen their portfolios completely slashed. You know, shopping malls, retail. But now we're starting to see it pick up. I mean, Uber, which is you know one of the big tech companies, is purchasing seven billion dollars in real estate. I'm kind of curious to see how has this you know COVID and you know having your team work from home. How has that impacted you? Are you guys still being able to do like in person stuff, or are you mostly just working remotely? Yeah. Usually, it it's impacted us the tiny bit where we can't have the group in a single room um, as often as we had before. Mm -hmm. Um, but because we were a little different in terms of the industry, it was mostly tech, we started doing um, remote work back in 2014. So the change of remote work wasn't as uh, apparent for us when, when COVID happened, because we, we were still kind of working from home here and there. We were going to co-working spaces like WeWork, that kind of got cut down. Um, we didn't, like, we basically rented, like, kind of a, another subscription-based business. Mm -hmm. WeWork paid them, went, went there. What changed a lot is because of COVID, because we were pushed to work from home, we ended up investing a lot to our home renovation, like our office mm. itself, which I loved because I never thought thought about it beforehand. I was, you know, I had a regular desk. Yeah, I, I worked from home, like different spots on a couch, on a table. But COVID pushed me to actually buy like a standing desk, really? like, make, paint, paint the uh, office, make those adjustments to make, make the office a very uh, pleasant place to work mm. those long hours. Um, and I think that, that that's the biggest change in terms of, for, for me at least. Um, the bad impact of it was that we, we couldn't go into these work, co-working spaces and sit down with the team and, and do those like kind of team-wide meetings and so on. But as far as with your clients, it sounds like it didn't necessarily have that biggest impact. As a matter of fact, it sounds like you guys were just doing stuff digitally and still being able to you know get clients to push the subscription service. Yeah, because the nature of the business is that it's not a local kind of business. So our customers uh, are around the US, Canada, Australia and Europe, mostly. So uh, scattered across, we rarely even saw them beforehand. So it was typically uh, completely remote, talking to clients. So never like in-person things, like having to fly out or meet somebody in general? Uh, no, not really. Okay. Yeah. Mostly for like conventions. Because no, I know you do like a lot of convention work and... Yeah, for conferences. So that I'm really sad about. Oh, really? Yeah, because I mean, conferences are the best place to kind of go, you know, meet like like-minded people in the same kind of industry, make friends, and then kind of build that relationship over time. That doesn't exist anymore. And online conferences have, like, they're, they're nowhere near what the in-person one was in terms of its impact. That's true. Um, so no, no, for, for other consulting work, I did travel a lot, mm. but, but those were like enterprise-based businesses. So for us, the segment of like pre-revenue to 10 million is such a small range right. that um, customers typically prefer the online remote communication gotcha gotcha so as far as like on like the part that it's impacted is just like meeting with others you know being able to, to talk with other entrepreneurs and other people in the tech mm -hmm. industry 
um, but how is it how is it impacted as far as you know working with your bigger clients? Because you know I'm sure that a lot of the bigger clients they have certain types of expectations. You know, is there have you noticed anything with your bigger clients? Have you been noticing that their revenues has increased during COVID, or are you noticing more growth on the lower side, like on the startup side? Both 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 of the sides, I think, uh, but more so the ones that grew. Mm -hmm. There were more companies in our portfolio that grew exponentially over the past year than the ones that, that went out of business. And those existed as well. There, there were ones that say, oh, you know, they were online, like there, there was like courses or, or things that had to, like meetups that had to happen in person, or like people who are selling their services to go to conferences and stuff that they, they no longer could have done. Those businesses did go out of business completely, but there were some startups that went from nothing to millions of revenue because the whole digital transformation helped them to uh, bring these customers in because the same thing that happened to us, it happened to them. Companies were forced to go digital, companies were forced to adapt this whole um, remote work culture, and these tools suddenly started being so valuable to these companies, and, and they, they basically got mass adoption because of the pandemic. Gotcha, gotcha. Last question I have for you. For 2021, you know, we've seen, the first, we're watching the first quarter now, we know that it's, you know, a lot of weird stuff, everything is kind of like flying around. I'm wondering, as far as the expectations we have for second quarter, the Fed says interest rates are going to stay, you know, pretty low uh, for the next few years, but there's a worry of inflation. How are you adapting your business? Are, do, or do you have any type of uh, worries? Do you see any type of challenges that are going to come up? Like overall, how do you think your business is going to be impacted for, for the rest of 2021? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I, it's all my kind of assumptions. Yeah, assumptions. Yeah, this, oh my assumptions. Like me this is not financial <laughs> advice. This is just an interview with a very charming, nice video. No financial advice. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, so my, my, I mean, based on my understanding, you know, the stimulus came out, that's $1.9 trillion this year. Um, that's going to have a significant impact on how much money is going to be flowing in the country once the vaccine is, is in place for everyone. Right. So I think this year is going to be a very prosperous year in terms of for people to, you know, go on trips, vacation, spend the money, uh, you'll do a lot of like, everyone's going to get out, yeah. one year of staying in basically, in my opinion. Um, but it's the best time to kind of diversify investments, mm -hmm. I think, which is what I'm doing myself, is, is staying kind of within the news and, and places that I think commodities are going to be increasing in value, especially because inflation is going to go up because of the US dollar. Being printed. Yeah, there's another two trillion dollars <laughs> of infrastructure. Exactly. Though, so yeah. Exactly. So I think this year, in general, it's going to kind of feel good. Mm -hmm. um, I, no concerns there. Just making sure you, we can kind of maximize our um, gain or maximize our investments, so we can we can at least survive the the downside right. in the future. Uh, I do think in 2022 and onward, like mid 2022, we may hit a point where government cannot print any more money, uh, stimulus is going to run out, and then you know all these mortgages and everything that has been on hold is going to have to figure out a way to survive. And that's that could or could not cause uh, a, a kind of a dip, Correct. and it could be a depression, it could not be a depression, I, I don't know. But I think until that point, maximizing like investments and figuring out how to, how to take advantage of this this time would be the smart thing to do. Exactly. So, again, I, I, I agree with you too, as far as, you know, kind of looking back, looking at different types of, you know, investment opportunities, strategies, even as, as some types of hedge portfolios too. But I kind of I kind of agree with that, especially like now where the interest rates are low, I feel like there's still going to be a lot of push into the tech perhaps, but maybe at some point if the Fed wanted to make a correction, I feel like just the way 
the economy was impacted in 2020. Like, mm -hmm. for example, India's GDP went down 7% last year. Mm -hmm. That's like a significant, and that's just like, that's many global countries who've gone through that. The USA was one of the lucky countries, despite everything that went on. We still had like a net positive mm -hmm. GDP. But I think once they like cool that off, once they start to take up the interest rates, maybe then we would see a type of a correction where like all of a sudden all this gas, gas, gas that we've been putting down to grow, grow, grow might actually end up, you know, being like, hey, correcting yeah. itself. And then who knows? Who knows what the, you know, where we would see the growth. Yeah. And if we would even see a downside, because we don't know. We don't know what's going to no happen. No idea. Yeah. Then we might go up for another couple of years before we see a downside. Well, thank you so much for joining. I definitely want to encourage everybody to check out, you know, Billflow, check out Mr. Sharia Direction. How do you interact with people? What's a good way for you to interact? How does Billflow, how do you interact with people? These days, I'm, I switch my platform to that. These days, I'm on LinkedIn. Okay, nice. So, <laughs> okay, so very professional. You have like a tie and everything too? No, no, I'm very casual. Okay, cool. Oh, oh, okay, so tech, tech LinkedIn. Yeah, okay. LinkedIn. I like that. I like that. Well, check him out. Shara, if you go by Shar or Shar, Shar Data yeah. on LinkedIn. Okay, check him out. Check out Billflow. If you're a startup business or if you're a big a subscription business, this is definitely something that you should check out. It can benefit you. So, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been awesome. And uh, we'll get this posted and we'll keep on doing episodes like this. Thank you. Thank you. All right, awesome.